Jordan and Gigi. Church, you're blessed with awesome pastors. Can't you see? I can see clearly the heart that pastors have for people, for the gospel. And, and that's what it's about. Jesus said, I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And you have that in Pastor Stewart and Gigi. I can see that already. So you're blessed people. Amen? Glory to God. Now, I don't know if Pastor told you, Pastor Mark gets a little radical from time to time. So put on your seatbelt. <laughs> no, with that being said, if you would allow me real briefly just to introduce my precious bride of literally on June 22nd of this month will be 23 years. Miss Lisa. <laughs> Amen. We've been married 23 years, have two boys, uh, Caleb and Elijah, uh, 21 and about to be 20. So we're blessed in that. So again, we're glad to be with you here this morning. I have the privilege of serving at the Worship Center Church in Fowler, which uh, some of you know, may know as the Vineyard Casino. I hope you've been there as a church. <laughs> so I have the privilege of being the executive pastor, helping uh, with the daily administrations and overseeing our other seven or eight campuses throughout the state. So with that, we're blessed to be here. And I'm one who's right to the point. So can we get right to the word this morning, if that's okay? Again, really honored to be here. I tried to send, resend it to you, Aaron. I don't know if you'll be able to have that in time. But with that being said, I have in my heart to speak to the fathers today. So ladies, I'm sorry. No, I'm just playing. The word of God applies to everybody. Amen. But specifically, it's in our heart to speak to the fathers. Man, I want to speak to you today through the word of God about champions who faced defeat. Because oftentimes when we read the scripture, we see the, the champions of old, David and, and, and his mighty men and so many others who we see their stories and how they conquered. But we oftentimes forget about the difficulty that they had on their path to following God. And in today's society, fathers get a bad rap. I think it starts back where it was at uh, Al, what's his name, Bundy, or I don't remember the name. Married with children, how many of you guys remember? I'm sure my age here. Huh? <laughs> so, I mean, it seemed like the, the TV shows of that era painted the pictures of fathers very negative. That they were basically airheads. Had no purpose basically useless. But I want to remind you that God has, is the father of all fathers, and he has made you fathers in his image to be the heads over your homes. So I want to encourage some men today that no matter what adversity you may be facing, in God's eyes, you're a champion. And because you are a champion, you need to know that there's going to be times in your life where it seems like you're defeated. But I want to help you understand how to face the defeat. Amen? Because at the end of the day, God is faithful to finish what he starts. With that being said, can we take a moment and pray? I want to get right into this morning's message. With every head bowed, precious Father, we bless you this morning. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your presence that is in this place. God, we love you. We love you because you first loved us and gave yourself for us, God. Father, we pray that this morning you would open our ears to hear your voice by your spirit. God, open our hearts to receive from you this morning. 
Lord, because oftentimes, even as believers, we come in with a smile, but on the inside, we're struggling. But I thank you for your love and your faithfulness and your power that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. So, Father, I pray for every person in this room this morning, especially for the fathers, that your presence would lift us up and make us strong in you today, God. Father, we come against every force, every hindrance to your word and to your will this morning. And that we speak peace to every heart and every mind. In Jesus' name, Father, hide us behind the cross and let Jesus Christ alone be glorified. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to read 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says this. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So no matter what obstacle you may face in life, the scripture reminds you and me that whoever is born of God overcomes the world. So even though it may seem difficult, you have already been promised the victory. Amen. Because you have put your trust in the Savior, God have already given you the victory. He said, Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Though we know that God have already promised us victory, can we be honest for a minute? It don't always look like that. Because sometimes right in the midst of our smiles, as I said earlier, our hearts are burning. Our hearts are torn with difficulty, with pain, with heartache, whether it be a family situation. Whether it be a relational situation, things in our lives that cause us to feel distress and feel really like God's not even there sometime. And I'm speaking specifically to the man for this reason. How often have the, the world, society painted a picture that the fathers are good for nothing but the checkbook? Help me somebody. Even to the point where as if to strip men of the authority that God has given them to lead their houses after a godly manner. To love their wives, husbands to love their wives, to nurture their children, and to lead a godly example. But sometimes the things in life try to beat the man down so small that they feel no courage to stand for what God has called them to. Well, I'm here to light a little fire in somebody's lamp this morning. Put a little fuel back in our heart to remember that he who began a good work in you will perform it to the day that Jesus returns. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 24, 16a says this. For a righteous man may fall seven times, but guess what? He will rise again. No matter the storm, no matter the trouble, no matter the failure, a righteous man will get up and keep going. Because his trust is in the living God. Ladies, you can take that one too. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Romans 8.36 says this. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things 
We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You know, when we're, if we're not careful, we will get in the Christianese mode where everything is smiles and waves, smiles and waves. We put on the face, but in all reality, we go home and cry our eyes out. We walk away discouraged, feeling like God is not there or God does not hear. But I want to give you freedom this morning to lay it all at the altar, at the foot of Jesus and trust him with your whole heart. I want to give you permission to reject the doubts and the lies of the devil that tells you that God is not faithful. Amen. He said, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I want to give you the first example through David. We often talk about David slaying Goliath. And we talk about all the victories. But how many know that there was a time that David's own men wanted to stone him? They wanted to kill him dead because of the agony that they were feeling. They were following David. And trouble came their way because they were following him. Trying to help somebody this morning. Have you ever felt like because you were following Christ, trouble came your way and left you in a bad spot? Don't don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But the reality is sometimes the devil will try to deceive us and make us feel discouraged or overwhelmed because, God, I obeyed your voice. I did what you told me to do. But why is this coming upon me now? David's men wanted to stone him. First Samuel 30 verse 1 says this. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. This is a time when David was driven away from uh, Saul in the kingdom, and he was on the run, basically. And a number of, of men had joined themselves to him, and they became his mighty men. But during this time, they were out doing their raids, doing different things. One of the times that they were out, another army came and took all their possessions, took their wives, their children, and took everything. Could you imagine the heartache? Could you imagine the despair as they were following David? It said that, let me back up. It says, and they had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great and did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was, burned with fire and their wives, their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, two wives? That's not legal anymore. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm being funny. He said, and, says, and David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because of the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Can I remind somebody this morning, especially to you fathers, when you're in distress, when trouble comes upon you, you need to strengthen yourself. 
it, it, it comes a time when we have to learn how to speak the word back to our own heart. Remind ourselves of what God has promised and stand firm on the promise even though everybody else around us may be falling apart. Amen? I know it's important to speak to ourselves, but I heard it's not good to answer yourself. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He said that David strengthened himself. How do we do that? When discouragement comes and these nagging thoughts, these feelings of abandonment, these feelings of distress, these feelings of God, why did you allow this come? That's a good time to remind ourselves, Lord, you said you would never leave me nor forsake me. You said though a thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, it will not come near me. I will stand on your promise, God. And learn to remind ourselves of what God have promised the scripture is true that God cannot lie. And when he makes you a promise, he will fulfill it. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. It says that, Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring me the ephod here, bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I go after them? Shall I chase them? Isn't that something that David understood not to just get up and go do something? Men, we still have to be praying men. We have to be men who acknowledge him in all of our ways that he may direct our path. He says, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him. The Lord answered him. This is what he said. Pursue. For you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. David was facing defeat. Instead of rolling into a corner, putting his thumb in his mouth and crying boo-hoo tears, he stood up like a man and said, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do in this situation? God said, pursue. Go after them. You will recover everything. You may be here this morning and you may have had some loss. You may have gone through difficult times, but I encourage you, acknowledge the Lord. Fathers, acknowledge the Lord. He's made you the head over your home. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So David inquired of the Lord, and, and that's what he told him. He said he will pursue everything without fail. Sometimes we are so used to other people strengthening us. Have we come to the place where we learn to strengthen ourselves? Have we come to the place where we're willing to get off the milk and start eating a little meat? Learning to let the word of God have freedom in our hearts. To let the word of Christ dwell in us richly in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So that our lives are according to his word. So that our decisions and our directions are according to his will. Amen? So in a time of difficulty... When you may be facing discouragement, speak to yourself. Again, don't answer. Just speak. Speak the word back to your own heart. Because his word is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Praise the Lord. I was to, I, I asked Pastor, I said, Pastor, how long does service normally go? Um, normally about noon. <clears throat> he said, but today it's okay. You can go three or four hours. Everybody be okay with it. <laughs> I'm being funny. That's not true. <laughs> We're not long-winded. I want to just share just a couple of points with you. You know, there was a, another champion who faced defeat, who we can learn from. 
the champion in many's eyes to this day is not a likely champion, but his name is Samson. And how many know that even in his failure, God had still chosen him. God had still called him. Samson faced failure in a huge way. Judges chapter 14. It says, now Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as wife. I'm like, Samson, aren't you a grown man? Get her yourself. Anyway, that's another story. (laughs) But he had a desire for a woman who was a Philistine. Now, you have to know the story. The Israelites, the Hebrews, and the Philistines had nothing in common. They were arch enemies. But here's Samson wanting a wife from an enemy nation. It says, Then his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. He threw a, a, a fit, a temper tantrum. He, he wanted the girl. <laughs> but look at what happened. Look at what the scripture says. But his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. God wanted to deliver his people from the bondage of the Philistines. And he was using Samson as a judge to deliver them. But Samson had a weakness. Samson loved women. And because of that, you know the story, he ended up giving up his secret, lost his authority, lost his power, and his eyes were gouged out, and they used him as a slave and mocked him. His failure caused great defeat. His failure caused him to be put to shame so much so that at their banquets, they would have him pressing the meal while they partied and laughed and mocked this this warrior, this champion who had defeated many of them. But the story doesn't end there. Samson, realizing his failure, guess what he did, man? He called out to God. He asked God for forgiveness and asked him to strengthen him one more time. He had the young boy put, take him to the pillars of the, of the building and he pressed and he pressed and God moved upon him. And the scripture said that Samson killed more in his death than he had in his whole life, delivering the people of God from the enemy. His purpose was to be a deliverer, but his failure caused him to have his eyes gouged out and his purpose to be derailed. But here's my point. But when he called out to God, God put him back on track. It doesn't matter where you're at, man. Fathers, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you call out to Jesus, he will put your life back on track. Amen? Glory to God. Really quick. How many of you guys give me three minutes? Because here's your hand. Three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen. Well, plenty of time. We're good. We're good. <laughs> I like doing that. Anyway. <laughs> One last one. You know, it's in the truth. The scripture says it's the truth that makes us free. It's when we hear God's word. Whoever has ears to hear, the scripture says, let him hear. 
And when we hear the word of God and embrace it, it produces faith to obey his voice. This is what we're after. Do we hear the word of the Lord this morning? That even in the midst of defeat or any type of challenge and obstacle, God is there if we will call on him. God is there if we will look to him and run to him rather than lean into our own understanding. Jehoshaphat, you know the story well. Jehoshaphat was greatly outnumbered. Jehoshaphat was a good king. But all of a sudden, a number of armies came against him. And he was terrified. Allow me just to tell you for time's sake. Jehoshaphat was terrified. And so he calls the whole nation of Israel together to pray and seek the Lord. And as they were praying and crying out to God, he began to pray and a prophet stood up. God moved over man and spoke to the people of Israel. And he said this, as long as you are with him, he will be with you. Did you catch that? As long as you, the people of God, are with God, God will be with you. It doesn't matter who's coming against you. It doesn't matter the struggle or the storm. As long as you are with God, God will be with you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? They cried out to God. God responded back to them. The next day as they're going out to battle, the next day, Jehoshaphat stands up and says to the people, Obey the Lord and his prophets and you will prosper. He said, if you will listen, if you'll obey God and obey those who he sent, you will prosper. Don't be afraid of the armies of the enemy. Don't be afraid of the things that come against you and terrify you. Though we're greatly outnumbered, Jehoshaphat knew to seek the Lord and to turn to him with his whole heart. This is what I believe this morning, that there are some men in here, there are fathers in here, and ladies. God is calling you to come deeper, to draw closer. God has called us, let's do away with the shallow, and let's go a little bit deeper. And this is how we do this, that in the midst of adversity, in the midst of the problems and the pain in our lives, That we don't let these things derail us, but we allow them to draw us closer to God instead. Amen? These same champions, and for time's sake, I kind of condensed it. These same champions, we know them today as men of valor, as great kings and rulers and leaders. But they all face extremely difficult times in their life. But that difficulty didn't cause them to run away from God but to run to him. Where do you stand this morning? Where do you stand in the face of adversity? Fathers, when the world is trying to eliminate your authority and your importance, God says you matter. The world may say you don't, but God says you do. Who do you believe? I want to encourage you. When you're facing what seems like defeat, know that God is for you. Amen? Last but not least, the greatest champion to face what appeared like defeat is none other than our Savior, Jesus Christ. He was beaten. He was wounded. He was ridiculed. He was mocked. They plucked his beard. They spit on him. They slapped his face. And yet, he is the creator 
of heaven and earth and everything in it. And yet, as they whipped him, as they beat him, as they mocked him, he didn't say a mumbling word. But yet, as he was nailed to the tree and lifted up to be ridiculed and left to die, as they nailed the, the, his hands and his feet, he did not say a mumbling word. To the rest of the world, it looked like he had been defeated. The same king, the same uh, uh, great ruler who everybody looked to, who did miracles, raised the dead, fed the poor. Now, here he is hanging on a sinner's cross. But how many know what looked like defeat was only the beginning of our victory? See, Jesus faced it with courage. He faced it with resolve because he knew that unless he died for your sin and mine, we had no hope. He faced what looked like defeat to the rest of the world with an an unmeasurable love for you and for me. Can I remind somebody this morning? The Father knows you by name. He sent his only son for you. That those who will put their trust in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So he faced what looked like defeat only for three days later to get up with all power of heaven and earth in his hands. And then this is what he says. Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. He's returned that authority back to you and to me. To live in the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. So even when it looks like we're facing defeat, know this. God have already promised you the victory. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I'm going to wrap it up because I know you're trying to get to the Denny's and the IHOP and all the other restaurants and so forth. I'm being funny. If you would, can you bow your head for just a moment? Thank you, Lord. I have the sense that as we are speaking, with every head bowed, that God is ministering to someone's heart, reminding you he's not done with you yet. Your work is not finished. No matter what it looks like, he chose you. No matter the failure, he have called you to himself. And his word says, blessed is the man or woman whom you choose and cause to approach to you. God have chosen you to approach his holy throne. And he hasn't changed his mind. If it looked like you faced defeat. If you feel like you've already been defeated. Remember David. Speak to yourself. Remember Samson. Repent. Remember Jehoshaphat, seek the Lord and watch what he does. He's faithful to finish the work that he started. And we began with the scripture that says, whoever believes that Jesus is the son of God overcomes this world. If that's you, with every head bowed. If you've come into God's house this morning and for some reason, There's a disconnect in your relationship with Jesus. For some reason, there is a severance 
in your surrender and submission to Him. Can I have the honor of leading you back to the Savior? If for some reason you found yourself wandering like the prodigal son, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Will you let Him in? Will you hear Him and let Him in? With every head bowed, can I ask you this one thing? If He would give His life so fearlessly for you with such a great love, will you fearlessly respond to Him with, yes, Lord, I hear your voice. If that's you, with every head bowed, will you lift your hand to Jesus and say, Lord, that's me. No one's looking around. That's me. I need you, Jesus. I need forgiveness in my soul today. I need you to restore me and heal me. We're among family. No reason to be ashamed. If that's you, just keep that hand up. Amen. Keep that hand up. I see that hand. I see that hand. Praise the Lord. I see a few hands going up. Glory to God. You may put your hands down. I'm going to ask you to pray this simple prayer with me. It's a prayer of faith. Saying, Jesus, you died because you love me. You've called me to be a champion in your kingdom. And I believe that what you started, you will finish in me. I say yes to your will today. I surrender my life. If that's you, will you pray this prayer of faith with me? Church, will you help us pray? Lord Jesus, say it from your heart like you mean it. Lord Jesus, you gave your life that I may be forgiven. Lord, you gave your life that I may live with you in eternity. I confess I've sinned against you. I humble myself and I turn to you. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. I surrender my life and my will to you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, somebody celebrate the Lord this morning. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Church, I want to